Welcome again to LexCity.tv. We're so glad you've joined us today for Summer at Lex City. No matter where you're joining us from, we're happy to have you as a part of our online church family. We're so grateful for the way that you generously give to support the ministry of our church. More information about the online giving process can be found on LexCity.info by clicking on Give Online. You can also text to give at 84321. Now let's join Pastor Zach as we continue to focus on Jesus together. How you doing, Lex City? Okay, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I promise, uh, I promise when I had hair, it did not look like this. But Ryan, you could use that though, right? So, well, welcome to Lex City. This is why we are on staff at a church and not paid actors. You can tell from our abilities, but we're so glad you guys uh, are here and, and welcome to a brand new series called I Need Friends. I know you're thinking like, well, duh, what a title. We all need friends, right? But I believe right now in the midst of you know, our first pandemic, our first quarantine, and time of our history like no other, I think we really need to realize that we were not created to do life alone. And so, I don't know about you, but I think this quarantine season for the past six months has revealed a lot about ourselves, right? Like our temperaments, our personality types. Like, it's probably highlighted, accentuated a lot of our strengths, but it's also highlighted a lot of our weaknesses about ourselves, right? Your family's like nodding for you right now, okay? And so, and as Pastor Brian and I were brainstorming for this year, we both talked about kind of how we're all wired differently, and we're all kind of wired uniquely uh, differently for this season especially. And so we thought it'd be great to kind of refresh our church on some common language that we began to use as a church this last year in a series that we did called I Said This, You Heard That. So we talked about our colors and our, how they identify with our personality types. And, um, and so it's been a series that's really stuck with our, with our staff. We talk about our colors every week, and even with my family, and uh, maybe many of you guys as well. And so if you missed this series, or you just started attending, or you just started watching online, I encourage you, you can take a free online quick assessment to see what your colors are. If you go to Lexi.info and click on sermon notes right there, you can click on the sermon notes, or you can click on this, what's called a um, temperament assessment. It's a quick little 10-minute thing. It's got 40 questions. You can answer them. It'll tell you what your colors are at the end, and it's a great thing. And so it's very similar to um, the Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram, but it kind of focuses on how our wiring affects our communication. And so... The concept of this personality assessment comes from Scripture. It comes from Ephesians 4.29. It says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And so there are four different temperaments, and they are designated with a color, and these help us understand kind of the why behind our personality and how you can effectively communicate to people that aren't really like you. And so we use these colors because the Greek words that they use for them are kind of hard to pronounce. And so if you haven't taken the assessment or you don't know what your color is, how many of you guys know what your color is? You guys remember this? You know your color? Several of you. That's awesome. If you don't know, watch this video. It may help you kind of determine which color you are. Thank you. 
So maybe that helped you understand your color. If not, take the assessment. I am a yellow, red. My wife is the opposite. She's a blue, green. We complement each other well. Um, I laugh every time we watch the video because Pastor Brian's wife, Tammy, always tells me that every time she sees that red jumping on the green, that's like me bouncing on Brian in the office every week. And so we're very different, but that's why God kind of created us together. And so as we get started this I Need Friends series, I just want to know just how many of you guys are Friends fans? The TV show Friends, where are my Friends fans at? Several of you guys. All right. So what, the show was in the 90s, but you, uh, in the 2000s, but you guys still watch it today. And for me, it was in my, in my college years, in my 20s. I watched Friends. I watched Seinfeld. Those were great, great shows back then. And so there's such a huge following with, with Friends even today that people created websites around the character's Enneagram or the character's Meyer Briggs because they just have way too much time on their hands. And so I went to our worship art staff because they're all huge Friends fans. And I said, hey, if we were going to give a color from the temperaments to each one of the characters, what would they look like? And this is what we decided. So we figured out that we think that Joey, maybe you can relate to Joey, that he is probably a yellow-green, very people-oriented, very kind of just fly by the see his fans, very popular, goes out there with people kind of deal. We thought Monica was probably more like a red, blue, very driven, very passionate, uh, perfectionism kind of person in the role that she, she's a chef. We thought Chandler was kind of like a blue, green, blue because he's a financial guy and green because he's just so like non-confrontational, just chill all the time. Uh, Phoebe, we thought, who was played by Madison, you saw in the video, uh, we thought she was a yellow, green because she's very personable out there with people, but also very like non-confrontational. And then we thought Ross was a red, blue, because Ross wants to be on time. Ross is a scientist. He is, is very just particular on those kind of things. And then last but not least, we thought Rachel was a green, yellow, because she's very people-centric, but also doesn't want to offend anybody, and she's very popular. And so if you, maybe you figured out your color. Their colors helped you with all of that. And so, but I thought it'd be fun to kind of take a colors quiz with you guys, a quarantine quiz because we've been quarantined for a while now. So I'm going to ask some questions, and there's going to be four answers. They have a color associated with them, but we're not going to show the color right away. So see which one is you. Maybe you can determine your color, okay? And so when you heard about social distancing, which, is your, which one was your response? Number one, you're glad for the clear advice. You're happy to go along with it. Number two, appreciate that it's the most efficient way to get back to normal. You're crushed. It goes against all your instincts to avoid other people. Or wonder if six feet is enough to protect you. So you head to the CDC website to do your own research. So pick who you think you are. And now I'll reveal the colors. Hopefully that went along with what you think your color is. I was, I'm a yellow. I was crushed. It was really, really hard. All right. Number two. Someone suggests you're on a, you go on another family walk around your neighborhood. We've done so many of these. I think my dog is wondering why we're going on so many walks. He's done with it, all right? So this one, convince everyone else so, uh, to go so you can have a few minutes of peace and quiet to yourself, right? Set your Fitbit. You might as well get credit for all these steps. Grab your shoes and hope you'll see some neighborhood friends. 
or a mumble, no thanks. You just want to finish your Netflix show. Pick who you are, reveal the colors. Maybe that's you, all right? My son's a green. He was like, y'all, I'll just watch the Netflix show, all right? Number three, someone needs to go to the grocery store, right? This has been the big topic of conversation among families for six months now. Number one, remind your family you did it last time with someone else's turn. Use the outing to grab a few extra treats for yourself and neighbors. Volunteer to go, it'll be exciting. Plus, you're desperate to see other people. That's been me this whole time. Place an online order. There's no way you're letting a loved one step into a grocery store. So many germs. Pick the one that's you. Lock in your pick. All right, let's see the colors. Those of you watching at home, which color were you? All right, so maybe that helped you determine which one that you are. And so we're talking about friends, but I think the colors have been really helpful, at least for my family, to know if my kids are these colors and they act this certain way, then how do we best parent them through this quarantine season? How do, we best, how do I best relate to my wife during this quarantine season? But we're talking about the concept of I need friends. And so regardless of your personality type, your color, how you're walking through quarantine, we all have similar needs that God wired with us, within us that we don't need to do life alone. And we've been wired this way since we were born. And so I asked the question, like, who do you have in your life right now that you would consider your inner circle? Like, they really know you, the real you, not the projected enhanced version of you that we put on social media, but they know the real you. They know, they know the mad you, the angry you, the sad you. They know your struggles. These are the people that have, like, the sit down and shut up card they can play in your life, right? They hand that card to you and say, I need you to sit down, be quiet. I see what you're walking through. I need to talk to you about something in your life. These people are the people that know your blind spots. These are the people that you can call them no matter what time, no matter how inconvenient it is for them, and they'll answer the phone. These are those 2 a.m. kind of friends. As we process, I believe that most believers, we don't have a lot of these people in our life. We don't have those kind of people in our life. And many of you are saying, you're watching online, you're saying, no, I, I have my crew, my squad, my gang, I have these people. And I'm not just talking about the people who just have the same interests as you. Like we all love sports, or we all love music, or we all love fashion, or we all like to binge watch these shows, or we helicopter parent together, or whatever it is. And most of those things are not, those, those things are great things, maybe not the helicopter parenting one. But do we have friends that don't just have the same interests as us, but they point us to the interests of Christ. So when it comes to our moral compass, when it comes to making the right decisions, when it comes to should I stay in this relationship or not, their advice isn't just based on their feelings, but it's based on their faith in Christ. And when I started processing this area of friends and community, I remembered a great sermon I heard, illustration I heard from a pastor named Mike Todd, who's at a, a great growing church in Tulsa, Oklahoma called Transformation Church. And I want to walk you through this illustration he gave called the Circle of Purpose. Because I think it's, it's important for us to lean into this conversation, especially during this unique time in our world. And so the question that we should all be asking ourselves just in life is like, what is my purpose? And then how do I reach that purpose? How do I reach that biblical purpose for my life? And there are four ingredients, there may be more, but this is the four we're gonna talk about today to, to get there. And so how do we see how godly community is so important? And so Hebrews 13, 20 says this. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will 
May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. That's why we come to church, so that God will equip us to fulfill his will in our lives to reach our purpose. When we're told as kids, maybe even adults, you hear that phrase like, you need to reach your potential. You need to reach your potential. Get off playing those games or doing this and reach your potential, right? And I believe while that's a good phrase, I think God is more concerned about us about fulfilling our purpose than reaching our potential. Our potential can really lead us anywhere. But God wants to reach our purpose. You can be busy and all the time and you can die never reaching your purpose. And so your inner circle, those people that are close to you, they should equal godly community. So we're gonna talk about how we reach our purpose and what role do our friends, our godly community play in that. So there's four things here. The first one here is obviously you need to have God. And not just God, an active relationship with God. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So you can do good things without God, but you cannot do God's will without God. What do I mean by that? So you can go out and you can do great things for the homeless community, or you can go help at a local school, or you can do all these things, and those are great things, and those are good things, but you can do them without God. You can't do God's will without God. And Sunday to Sunday is not an active relationship with God. What I mean by that is just showing up here for an hour, watching online for an hour, and then you kind of go live your life the way you want to live your life the rest of the week, and then you come back and give that one hour to God again. That's not an active relationship with God. Now, if that's where you're at and you're just starting out, that's great. Please come back every hour. I'm so glad that you're here. But if you've been doing that for several years, it's time for you to take a next step. Like, spend some time in the Word. Spend some time in prayer. Worship throughout the week. Like, carve out some more time to have an active relationship with God. Number two, circle of purpose, is gifts. Discover and cultivate the specific gifts that, that God has given each one of us. And some of you are thinking, you're watching, and you're saying, I don't really have any gifts. And I'll say, yes, you do. And here's some scripture to prove it. Romans 12, 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. So your gifts. Don't go deep yet. Don't go to like, I'm, I have prophecy and dreams and revelation. Don't go that deep yet. Just answer this question first. What do you do well? What do you do well? Maybe you organize well. Like, my wife is great at organizing. I am not. So like when, I'm, when I do the dishes and I'm putting the dishes away, I get to that point in the, in the dish time where it's time to do the Tupperware. This, it's, a, it's a struggle for me, all right? Like, there, we have a whole cabinet just full of Tupperware. And I go over there and I start putting them down and it's falling everywhere and it's not working. So finally I go, babe, I did everything else, but I left the Tupperware. I know you love the Tupperware. I left it out for you to organize because she tetrises that stuff until it's all perfect and I could never get it the way she is. I'm not organized like she is. Maybe you have the gift of communication. Maybe you speak well. Maybe you speak so well that when you were a kid, you were that kid that got out of detention or out of trouble because you could speak, you could talk your way out of it, right? Maybe that's your gift. Some of you are gifted at giving. What I mean by that is some of you, if you have three of something, your natural inclination is to give two of the three things away because you have the gift of giving. Some of you are just very, very generous, whether it's money or things or whatever else. And so I want us to start valuing something that God has given us that maybe we've kind of put to the side 
And stop judging your gift in an undeveloped state. Instead, start cultivating your gifts and using them for God. So number one is God. Number two on the, on the circle there is gifts. Number three is then you have to answer the calling. The intentional use of our specific gifts to impact God's kingdom. So no matter what environment that you are in, you are called to use your gifts to impact the kingdom. So whether you're in marketing or sales or, or any other kind of business or entertainment or education, or maybe you're in school right now, wherever you're at, use your gifts to answer the call. See, the hard part about gifts is when we begin to see how good we are at something, it becomes easy to use that gift to make money or to gain status or reputation instead of answering the call. And so I'd say for me, my gift is probably leadership, and I could use it for a lot of things. Growing up, I used that gift to impress people or to gain status or to make friends or whatever. And I could have taken that gift and used it to make money in business, which is not wrong, but for me, that wasn't my calling. I had to choose to answer the call 20 plus years ago when Pastor Brian asked me to be an intern as a student pastor, but I had to choose to answer that call. And that section between gifts and calling is where a lot of believers get hung up. They say, God, I'm not ready for that. Or God, I've not been trained for that. Or God, it's too late. I'm too old to exercise that gift. And God is saying, just answer my call. The cool part about God is that he doesn't just call those who are equipped. He equips those that are called. And the enemy comes to give us excuses as to why we can't reach our purpose. God is saying, I didn't ask you for your resume. I asked you for your yes. And maybe for some of us watching and here in person, there is a book inside of you. There is a business idea inside of you. There is something you want to do for the community, and you've been putting it off. And he isn't asking you if you have all the right training or the right pedigree or the right network. He's saying just say yes to your gifts and your calling in your life. So we have God, we have gifts, we have calling, and then I believe this is the missing link is we have godly community. All the giants in the Bible of faith had this. It's the missing that gets simple. It's, it's godly community. So I'm gonna give you the first example. Who, who is the first man in the Bible? Not your question. Adam, all right? So Adam was the first man in the Bible. He, so he had a relationship with God, right? So he had the first part because God formed him. What were his gifts? I believe that he had the gift of management. Like God was like, hey, this is all yours to manage. I want you to name the animals. And he was like, yeah, big gray hippopotamus. I don't know how he came up with the names, but he came up with the names, right? He made the gift of management. What was his calling? His calling was to subdue, dominate the earth, and multiply. And so God, if you read Genesis, everything was good up until this point. It was, I created this and it was good. I made this and it was good. The first time God says something wasn't good is he says, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. And so he creates Eve. He gives him God the community. And guys, aren't we so excited that he created Eve because now we have women, right? Thank you. You husbands who didn't scream, you missed an opportunity. You look bad right now, okay? And so the thing that allows the circle of purpose to be fulfilled in our lives is godly community. So if Adam isn't enough, let's go to another character. Let's look at David. So we know David had God because it says that David was a man after God's own heart. So an active relationship with God. What were his gifts? He had a ton of gifts. David was like that friend that we all have that's kind of annoying because they're good at everything. It's that friend that you're like, how are you good at music and sports and finance and all these things, right? And I'm just good at one. And so this was David. 
He was a shepherd. He was a warrior. He was a musician. He was an expert with a slingshot. And what did David do with his gifts? I mean, he, after he killed Goliath, well, he could have been like, and you too can get this slingshot for three easy payments of $40, right? He could have started a business. But instead, he used his gifts to answer the calling. What was his calling? To be the king of Israel. And he had to go through years of being persecuted, years of being on the run, years of people hating him. In his own life and in our life as well, just because our calling isn't always working out doesn't mean it's not what we're called to do. Just because you have opposition just doesn't mean that God is saying no to that calling. He may want you to go through that to have the stamina to last in the position that he's called you to be in. And then we get to godly community for David. David had a lot of people in his life, but I would say one in particular would be Jonathan. Community with the son of the king, the guy who wanted to kill David. It's not usually how you choose your best friends, right? Like, hey, does your dad want to kill me? Cool, let's be tight. Like, you don't do that, right? But this is what he had. And so Jonathan was the heir to the throne. And Jonathan was so in tune with God and so in tune with his friendship with David that he said, you know what? It's supposed to be you. It's not supposed to be me. You're supposed to be the king. In fact, so much so that I'm gonna risk my own life protecting your life. And go back to 1 Samuel and read those crazy stories of how Jonathan protected David's life. And Jonathan ended up dying before David ever reached his calling. He wasn't able to reach his purpose until he had the missing link, godly community. Let's look at our example. Let's look at Jesus. If anyone could have done this thing without godly community, it was him, Right? So did he have a relationship with God? Yes, he was the son of God. He was God, right? This is powerful. In Genesis, before the creation of the world, the father looked at the son, the son looked at the Holy Spirit, and they said, let's make man. They were literally in community from the beginning. So Jesus is God. What are Jesus' gifts? Everything, right? Like, Jesus could turn water into wine. He could heal people. He could walk on water, right? What was his calling? His calling was to save the world, If anyone ever asks you, like, what's the Bible about? Give them this one sentence. The Bible is the story of God rescuing people. And he used his son Jesus to do it. Like, that was his calling, to save the world, to die on a cross for the sins of the world. And Jesus was man, though. You know he didn't want to die on the cross, right? He even said, like, God, if there's any other way, tell me, please, this is gonna be painful. But then he said, but not my will, but your will be done. And so he had, obviously, God, gifts, calling. But then Jesus chose to have godly community. He was walking past people and he was going, hey, bro, like, I see you fishing. Drop those nets. Come follow me. Walk with me. Let's do life together. Let's eat together. Let's pray together. Let's celebrate together. Let's struggle together. And then he had the 12 disciples. But then he chose three, James, Peter, and John. He said, I want you three to be the one that are really in my inner circle. You're gonna see me as a man. You're gonna see me vulnerable. You're gonna see me as a man as I'm still becoming, right? I know it's weird to think about, but like Jesus went to the bathroom, y'all. Like he was a person. He was a man. He did those kind of things and they saw him doing those kind of things. So who are we allowing to see us while we are still becoming? We're not finished products. Who are we allowing to see us in that way? Who are the people in your life, people that can say your attitude is poor or you're too busy, it's unhealthy 
or I see these patterns in your life and I, I love you too much not to talk to you about those patterns. If you don't have God the community, you cannot complete your purpose. Here's the deal. If Jesus had community, what is our excuse to not have community? Oh, I'm busy. I'm tired. Well, Jesus was pretty busy. He was saving the entire world, right? Well, some of us are like, I don't really like people. Quarantine's been amazing. I've been waiting for quarantine my whole life, right? Like, I don't have to be around people. This is incredible. And God's when we weren't created to do life alone. There's a difference between community and godly community. Godly community says, I see your gifts. I see your calling, friend. And I'm going to push you to your purpose. Just regular community says, hey, this is fun. And we have shared interests, right? But godly community says our shared interest is we're going to push each other towards Christ. And so where are we? Can we name our godly community? Can we name people in our lives right now? It may be time for some of us to reevaluate our community. Pastor Brian is going to touch on that next week. But I want to take us to Ecclesiastes 4 right now. And it says this. Two people are better off than one, but they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three, even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Your success is wrapped in godly community. The missing link. You've heard it said there is no I in team, but there is an I in isolation. If you're alone, according to the Bible, you're in real danger. You can't force people into, into a relationship, but, but we have to invite them in. And so when we get back to back, like it says in Scripture, right? You need to find someone like me that has like a body twin. Like Josh is my body twin. Like we looked exactly the same, basically, right? Without the hair, Right? So find someone in your life you can get back to back. Find a 6'6 six, six guy that's weighs 300 pounds that has your back, right? That's really, really smart. So, but here's why. I can see this direction. Josh can see this direction. If I begin to turn, he still has my back. He can still see what I can't see, right? He can still see those things. So much right now, we, we want to look, we want to look in eye to eye. We want to say, I want to see eye to eye with you in everything. I want to see eye to eye right now. Especially in the climate of our world right now, we want to say, oh, I see eye to eye with you. And I would tell you, it's more important that we're back to back. It's more important to have someone that has your back than that sees eye to eye with you. So when I begin to turn again, he has my back. When I begin, when Josh sees the enemy coming, when he sees pride and anger and insecurity and lust and, 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 and hungry for money, all those things coming, Josh has my back. Thanks, Josh. Good job, man. So it's more important. Think about our country right now. When you're on social media, when you're talking to people, they may not see eye to eye, but instead of saying, because we can't see eye to eye, we can't show his back, say, no, it's okay. You can still have my back, even though we don't see eye to eye on every single issue. It says in Scripture, having back, back to back, so that way when Satan comes, someone has your back and they won't defeat you. It's really, really important. And God gave us a clear message about godly community, and not just the message, but the method for it as well. In Acts chapter 2, as we close. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, like we're doing now and online as well. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, 
all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And here is the result of that at the end of the verse. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The Lord, not their publicity, not their networking, not their ambition, the Lord did that, grew their numbers daily. So what we see in these verses right here are the five elements to grow a church. Number one, they worship together. Number two, they hung out, they chilled together. Number three, they prayed together. Number four, they transformed together. And the last one, they multiplied. So as a church, that is our goal. Like, the worship is amazing. Our worship team is incredible. They're so gifted. They're called to do what they do. The teaching by Pastor Brian is amazing. He's gifted and called to do that. But I would tell you that godly community is even more important. Because we can't complete our purpose without godly community. I know for me, I, I was in, I've, been, I've led and been in tons of small groups in my ministry life, and I had a group in Texas that I was in, and, and even when I went back a month ago and I was golfing with a guy from my group, I was able to speak into his marriage. He was able to ask me about mine. We had that community from all those years that we could speak, and he had my back, I had his back. Because even in a large church, like, True life change happens in small groups. Healing happens in small groups. Finding your purpose, understanding your gifts and your calling happens in the context of a small group. So I wanna encourage you guys as we close out today to take a next step. This is kind of our, our fall launch of groups right now. We have four different types of groups. We have grow groups. We have life groups, we have interest groups. We also have freedom and recovery groups. Just to give you a few of them, like a grow group is, is a group where you go for a short amount of time and you grow together. Maybe it's a Bible study. We have different Bibles in there. Maybe right now we have a group of 20 and 30-somethings that are just gonna get together as a gathering together each month and just hang out and have food and get to know each other once a month. That's a grow group. An interest group is something where you have a shared interest and so you get together and it starts there but it doesn't end with your interest, right? So we have, we have a fitness group. We have a whole 30 group. We have a cooking on a budget group. We have a hiking group. We have a motorcycle group, or maybe it's a motorcycle gang. I don't know. It's Select City Riders. We have, a, we have a group there. I'm actually starting a golfing group. We're going to be on Monday nights. We're going to go play golf together around Lexington. It'll be great. And then we have life groups, tons of life groups. For every stage and age, from college all the way up, we have different groups that you can get involved in. And I would encourage you right now, if you're saying, you know what? I realize today I need godly community in my life because I want to fulfill the purpose that God has for me in my life. I wanna challenge you, man. Go to lexity.info, click on join a group, kind of look through those things, pray through it if you need to, but just, just pick a group, get signed up. You're not signing your life away, you're just signing up to come to a group in the next few weeks. I wanna encourage you guys, find that godly community. So we're gonna pray and then we're gonna worship together as we close. God, thank you so much that we're not supposed to do life alone, God, that we're intended to do life with you and life with others. God, I pray that we would find our godly community during this season, people that are going to, to see our relationship with God, they're gonna see our gifts, they're gonna see our calling, and they're gonna push us towards our purpose. So God, I pray as we worship together, as we close, God, whether you're in a home right now or you're here in person, that we would log on, that we would get connected, God, that we would take that next step, that we would have that courage to just say, you know what, isolation is not a good thing. It's dangerous, and I want to seek my purpose. God, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.
What a great message. Thanks for joining us here at LexCity.tv today. Don't forget, all services are available to watch on demand at LexCity.church or on our LexCity app. You can follow us on social media at LexCity Church for daily content and photos from the week, as well as updates and upcoming events. Again, we are so glad you decided to join us today, and we'll see you next week right back here on LexCity.tv.